0: Hi I'm Harini. Hi I'm Camille. And welcome back to the News Podcast. Hi welcome back to the News Podcast. In this episode I'm really excited to be interviewing my oldest friend Howard, and I'm really excited I think it's going to be a great episode. So to start off with one of the questions that we're going to be asking you as it's Black History Month is who is a black woman that has inspired you, that has been a role model, either like a celebrity, a public figure, or just someone in your daily life? Hi guys, to answer that question, it's a little bit wishy-washy,
1: but we're all on TikTok. So if you search up this lady called Ismatu, spelled I-S-M-A-T-U, she is, honestly, I wish I could die, be reborn and become her, (laughs) because I genuinely think she is so cool. She is a therapist somewhere in America. I've not cared to check the state. I will not lie. But I know that she very much specializes in like love and relationships. So love and relationships has always been a very big theme to me. I've always been very interested in it. I'm hoping to try and write my dissertation this year on the line between romantic and platonic relationships. So I think it's just very interesting to figure out, like, what is it that turns a friendship into a relationship or relationship becomes a friendship? And like, how do we view those things? Stuff like that. So as she's talking about it, I realised that she basically has decided to bankrupt herself because she loves people. And I thought, that's that's lovely. That's actually really nice. I actually try and live my life by that same kind of philosophy as well. Like, I think humans are quite cute. So <laughs> I do, do nice things for a cute baby. I'll do nice things for like a random one on the street, stuff like that. And so that's kind of like that radical love she was talking about. But the word radical is always... Such a tricky word I found, especially in the past, because when you think about radicalization, you're thinking like ISIS, terrorism, the government, bad, 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 negative. But like the idea of radical love in itself is already quite radical because they seem so opposing. So I then like delved into her page a little bit more, realized that before she was offering all these therapy sessions, she's written a bunch of papers and like essays on like her ideas of love and stuff like that she'll often do like little lessons not that she's trying to teach anyone anything it's more that these lessons are more an insight into her philosophy and how she's she's living her life essentially what should be a business and what she should be making money out of she refuses to and she's very transparent as well this is her only job she it's not that she's doing like nine to fives at Walmart on the side or anything like this is her living And so she then just explains that if you feel that you have the money and would like to then donate, whether you use my services or not, I'd appreciate it. I'm not asking you to, but I'd much rather live in that kind of sense rather than the capitalist kind of sense where it's like, I give you something, you give me money for it. That's what she was like, look, if this is something I truly believe in, I better act that way. And I thought, that's wonderful, because in the society we live in, money is everything. Like, Mm. that's a fact. And so the fact that she was like, no, I believe in this thing so much that I'm willing to endure the worst hardships possible in such a society simply because I've said I love you and I will show you that. I thought that's phenomenal. I think she's incredibly inspiring. Stupid, not so far, maybe like (laughs) 50% of me wants to call her stupid. But then that's probably just the capitalist part of me that thinks, oh, it's impossible, you'll never get there. But it's like, before all these Olympic edits, you know, doing up. you can do anything you want. So let her do what she wants. And I think... You know, she's going to find a way to support herself. I myself have, like, thrown her a 20 pound, and I
0: think, oh, got a little bonus. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think it's really lovely. That's so beautiful. It's it's a very, like, modern-day Jesus kind of a move, especially with, like, the side of therapy. That's not a free thing. Mm-mm,
1: absolutely yeah. not. And especially in America as well, at least, like, on the NHS, you can get those 16 sessions for free. But America, where everything's billed. And, like, I just think, like, I do, on both sides, you can understand where all of her followers were concerned and were like, this is too far. Like at this point you're 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 risking your own self. But then I think that's then her philosophy, isn't it? It's very Jesus like it's very self sacrifice. And I think she's she's done she's been doing it for like maybe a month. And I think good on you for making it a month. That's a whole paycheck. You know, that's rent. That's Oh my stuff. gosh. Yeah. Exactly. The money from the donations would pay her rent. Oh my gosh. I do think she's a bit
0: insane, but there's always insanity to these things, I feel true yeah all the best and biggest projects have come out of something that no one thought would work so the second thing that we were going to ask all of our guests this month was if you could give any advice or just like send a message or something to any young black girls listening what would it be would it be kind of similar to the vibe that this influencer has given or do you think it's actually something completely different that you would actually suggest people do
1: that is a really great question because i think if I could guarantee that society would stay as it is now, like just pause, even with the cosy lives, even with like, you know, everything. I think my advice would be a lot more similar, a lot more along the same line as the twos However, knowing that things are changing and let's face it, getting worse pretty much every day, every time by like the smallest bit, but every time worse. I think I would move away from her narrative. I think she can afford to do it just in time now, but I don't like in 10 years time, I highly doubt it. Again, maybe it's the capitalist mindset coming in, but I think the advice I would give to little girls would be to hold something like that in them. I think it's a certain kind of light that sits in everyone that you can just hold on to. I think it's things like these boxes we create, like the reason I'm so interested in the romantic versus the platonic, because for so long, society sees them as a box. Whereas I think early on for me, I very much unsubscribed to those boxes and I really didn't like them. They made me uncomfy and that's why I want to know everything about them now. I think I've gotten much more used to living my life as a spiderweb. And so all of my relationships, none of my relationships have a term fixed to any of them. They're just a spider web where I'm in the centre and the people I meet, the people I relate to, you know, end up calling friends, lovers, teachers, professors, stuff like that. But like Even bus drivers. We just have a relation to each other. So like my relation with the bus driver is that, you know, they let me on the bus, they drove the bus, I got off the bus, they were my transport transportation for the day. And that's lovely. I then, it, when you then have that mindset, you have to respect that person as a person if that makes sense rather than thinking oh this person's job is a bus driver put them in the box of bus driver and then look like what's written on the side of the box to figure out how you treat that person because the one fact that will never change that person could one day wake up and be a ceo because that bitcoin i don't know went up stuff like that but what didn't change whilst that job changed is that they were a person i think it's just a better mindset i think these are people how would i want to treat a person Rather than how would I treat a person in this box? The other day, someone came and asked me for £10. We're barely friends like that. But when he texted me, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Just come downstairs and I'll I'll give that to you. Because he's a person. You know, he's talking about, oh, my electric went out. I don't want to be thinking, oh, maybe you're lying. Maybe you just need money off me. Ew. Ew, 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 ew. I feel like that poisons my mindset personally. And so I just think when you do good things, they come back to you hot rat race kind of idea I'm totally totally separated from it never clicked for me it never will and so from standing on the outside there were many many times as a little girl especially all these people are really good at organizing all these people are really good at getting ahead in life all these people know exactly what they want to do in life I've never known what I want to do and to this day even in uni I'm still thinking oh what am I going to do next year but I'd much rather just know that every day
0: I woke up helped someone out got helped out and had a good day that is so beautiful, and I totally agree. I feel like what you were describing is the little light inside of you. I think it's so underrated, for sure, just being a nice person. I think my final little lesson to the little girls, don't be scared to be
1: the only one standing there. Because mm. if you're if you're very much happy to stand there, wherever you are, stand ten toes down entirely, and just do whatever feels right, do whatever feels good to you. It, it, you don't have to, it's like, it's like when people realise you can go to the cinema alone. You can. Just do whatever yeah. you like, whatever. you don't have to do it holding hands with other people. But the more you go out there and you stand in those positions where you find you you believe that there's no one
0: there, the more you'll find people who actually think exactly that way with you. But I agree, you're never by yourself. Like just because it feels like you are, the fact that you're speaking will mean that other people know that they're not by themselves and then they'll come and join you. But like there needs to be someone there So I agree with you. I think that's good advice. What I did think was interesting when you were talking about being kind to other people and how it doesn't take anything out of you. I feel like that's really interesting because I feel like, first of all, I agree with you. And I definitely think that it's under prioritized to just be a good person first and then Mm. the rest will fall into place will make that work. But I agree with you that your morality should come first. I feel like what a lot of other women say, though, is that there is a lot of onus on women and especially women of colour to constantly be looking after other people and that it actually does take things out of them eventually. Do you agree with that? Do you think that's something that is the case? How do you reconcile with the two? Which is a difficult question. No one knows the answer. Well, Let me just start by saying think it's the correct answer. Phenomenal. To be honest, as a black
1: woman, that question is every second. It's genuinely just a lived experience. I'm constantly thinking it. Also, as an eldest daughter, it's... Uh, all the all the connections they just it's like charges piled on top of my head but it's like as the eldest daughter of a black family I am the one in my friendships in all my relationships I'm the one that's making sure you've got your keys I'm the one making sure you've got your phone, your wallet. Do you need an umbrella? Anytime I go clubbing with anyone, I've got a headcount. I've got a whistle. I'm considering <laughs> kind of eBay. I've got a whistle. I bring, oh sorry, I bring my little whistle out. It she lives in my purse. I don't know where my purse is, it's somewhere in the room. And I uh, blow it. And everyone knows that if you do not come to the whistle within two minutes, you're left. Because it used to be that I would blow the whistle incessantly until I had everyone in the group. As I got older, as I went to therapy and stuff, I then realised it's a very big job to do that. You know, think back to like when you are on school trips in like year four, think about the whole body system of all how stressed every teacher probably was thinking these kids are going to go run off and it's going to be my problem that they've like hurt themselves or something. So those kind of things would be the same things I was thinking about 19 year olds who were older than me. And so I realised that's really actually not my burden to carry which completely conflates with my whole kindness you know everyone owes something to everyone simply because we're all people on the same planet and that was those two ideas were always really really difficult to hold at the same time I managed it but then there would be days of burnout weeks of burnout where I would not move from bed you know um, the all the kindness that I would be showing you twenty four hours before would be completely gone I'd like be mute for two days you know just like watching Bojack horseman on replay stuff like that um and it wasn't that I was resting it was more that I was knackered and I thought I felt I could only afford to put it on pause otherwise if I did truly rest I would forget why I was doing it in the first place and I think it's those those pockets where you feel you are truly alone. You think, oh, I want to do both these things, but it's not possible. There's there's no ground here to stand on. It's those kind of things that I think Ismati was also considering, thinking, you know, I'm doing all this therapy stuff and it burns me out, but like I'm not, I'm not then living up to the radical I ideas of love that I, I'd like to. And I feel that for her case, she then just swung into, I'm gonna throw myself into it. And then hopefully. Fingers crossed she's looking after herself and making sure that the burnout's okay. But I think it is, that radical love is something that a lot of black women are accidentally taught. And I think that's more of the positive spin on what we're accidentally taught. What we're really taught is like chronic care. It's just chronic. Chronic care is what we're really taught. Because when I was younger, everything I was from the age of like three, I can hear my parents saying, she is your one and only sister, you will look after her. It's not that you should or you can, it's that you will look after her. And I've kept that, like, even though like, she's older now and she's annoying and blah, blah, blah. If anything happened to her, do you know what I mean? I would feel guilty, I would feel that it was me. And so having that same kind of love and care that you'd have for a sibling, for everyone you meet becomes exhausting. You know, like, you know, probably 100 people on average, like, off the top of your head that you see in a week. I'm doing doing that kind of care for everyone. Um, Then I went to therapy and not specifically for that, but, like, it came up and my therapist asked me, like, you obviously seem to have this very deep-rooted sense of guilt before the actual accountability or responsibility actually kicks in. And whilst we discussed that more, it was that I feel that because black women's mistakes are more unfairly scrutinized, you're, more, you're much more familiar with the guilt rather than why you were doing what you were doing in the first place. And so because being black can be such a community heavy thing, like I'll go to church and I'm calling everyone auntie, everyone's uncle, everyone's basically family. And there's all these obligations. Life is half obligations, but once you're black, it's actually three quarters obligations. Like, I can't just say I'm gonna go to Ghana without bringing stuff for everyone that shares any kind of blood with me, alive or dead, you know, that's that's costly. That's like two, no one flies to like Nigeria or Ghana, Sierra Leone. no one flies back home without spending two grand before booking tickets you're buying flour, you're buying sugar, you're buying all kinds of rubbish, sardines my dad had us buying, it by the crate, anyways, but um, things like that, you know, you, you just don't see them happen because you just don't, to us it's just like life and stuff, so having that mindset is fab when you're surrounded by only black people, and I think that's then where the idea of like the black girl group in school, the black boy group in school, like things like that then happen because it's just easier that way everyone already understands that that very difficult idea of radical love we don't understand what we're doing but we're doing it i then think that when i'm in spaces with other races it's a lot more difficult to understand that it's a lot more di- because we are we ourselves don't understand it i i don't think there's a word in english for it except radical love and we're still trying to figure that out mm. um And I think it's another reason why we have such great authors like Bell Hooks, you know, like Bell Hooks's work all about love is so, so, so insightful. I think she puts it into fabulous, accessible words. It's so helpful. Um, Spiralling from that, from that spiral, um, I think. I'll use the example of Madeline Argy. Recently, she was on TikTok and she was like, I just thought a sundown town was a cute town with a cute sunset it's like babes you're actually old enough to google things just google what sundown town is because if a friend had come to me whether they were white black anything doesn't matter if anyone had come to me and been like i'd love to live in a sundown town and i didn't know what sundown town was i'd be like babes what's it look like let's put it through google images and the entire debacle would have been over in less than 30 seconds how she managed to make it that way without any kind of forced ignorance, I believe is bogus. But then some people slip through the cracks. She could be the 2%, you know? But for someone who's known for being famous online, you'd think they'd know how to use the World Wide Web. And so I think that's why there was such an uproar with it. And she was like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, but I'm just... That's the thing. I think the best kind of support I myself, I'll speak personally, just in case it's a bit wrong, but um, I personally find the best kind of support, especially from like white allies and white female allies, because not that I've got a bone to pick, but I'm side-eyeing slightly, I'm side-eyeing slightly, is to simply acknowledge your guilt and then do something with it. Don't just throw it back in my face. I've got enough on my shoulders. Black people already. So many of our elder community don't believe in therapy. Try and explain it to my mum was long took years so for me carrying these heavy emotions that I already don't really understand but know are mine it's extra annoying to then carry someone else's emotions knowing that they're not yours and knowing exactly what you would do if they were yours it's kind of thinking like oh I've got this this 2,000 word essay that I've not really started but I promised so and so I'd write her 150 words but it's that it's just the, the time of it you know so when I'm already feeling the guilt I don't want to then go bestie sorry I actually can't take your burdens right now because then I feel guilty so I'm going to take it mm-hmm. and I think sometimes you can sometimes you can kind of tell when someone's known that oh she'll take it so I'll just throw it her way just for the bands. just so that I don't have to deal with it I think it falls then back again into the radical love if you had love for me as a person you would not that you'd necessarily see it but you would you would possibly be able to know that oh she's already carrying quite a bit I'm going to try and figure out what I can do to help her out. Maybe that would then help myself out. I could then, because by speaking with people, you can then self-reflect and stuff, you know, you learn new words words, and then maybe that way it helps your own problem, you know, stuff like that. Just a bit more
0: of that would be really lovely. To clarify real quick, when you Mm. say throwing it back in your face and like adding to your guilt and stuff, what do you Mm. mean by that? Fair enough.
1: Um, I think another recent example that comes to mind, I don't have the names of it, but it was the tennis, it was the women's tennis, a black lady, quite young, who had just like won some kind of massive tennis event or something, or a very massive match, and her opponent was a white woman, and the white woman in the press conference was uh, pulled up on some kind of bad sportmanship she'd done, and then immediately she started crying, and it was like... Mm. Mm. She just like she just really starts breaking down, and she's like, "Oh, I just feel this and that, and mm, mm, I need a tissue." Wow, wow, wow! And so then the media then did the classic thing of, "Hey, um, Miss Miss Black Lady, who is who's just won this thing? Sorry, we don't actually have time to, to do celebration for you. We'd actually much rather speak to you about how the person you've just beat fair and square, despite you know the disadvantages she tried to give you, is crying. How do yeah. you feel?" About like she's crying and it's like now I feel a bit guilty because I'm pushed into a corner I could either be the bad person and be like who cares I won let's talk about that everyone else gets to talk about how they won or I could be what's expected and be like oh she's crying is she okay because already then you've got the intersection of women as well because women are supposed Mm. to be caregivers so if you're a woman that doesn't care another woman's crying what's wrong with you Men, no one's gonna ask, no one's gonna ask you. Oh, for sure. Man, Are you sad yeah. about the white man crying? The white man's not even allowed to cry, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Very different playing fields and all of that. And I think it gets so exhausting thinking about your every move and every decision because you almost have to second guess them all. Because mm. I can't like I got into such a habit in year one of uni, just clapping every now and then and going, the white man did a great job because it's foolproof the whole thing is fab there's barely any cracks because every day I wake up and like let's say I got a really good opportunity I feel like for other women they'd be like oh great but for me I go great oh wait was it because I'm black or was it because I'm a woman is it the right thing to do for everyone that I accept it because I'm a black because I'm woman already with so many questions constantly it's like oh ooh, ooh, constantly stuck in this back and forth to then have another plate spinning of someone else's emotions. Someone else I can't actually fully control. Because if you want to give me control, give me full control. Give me access to everything you've got. If I tell you what to do, if I advise you, you better follow it like your life depends on it. But what happens very often is that what you said is dismissed, that tears are wiped and everything's fine now. I'm extra knackered because I've lost quite a bit of energy. You move on with your day and then I continue going with all the all the other stuff. So. I think it then adds on top with the whole parentified thing because it feels like a mother who's got a million and one things to do, but it's like the kids come and been like, "Oh, Mom, sorry, I've got food tech tomorrow. Do we have?" Oh, don't give me another task. You know, yeah. it's genuinely it's genuinely that feeling for me anyway. It's that feeling of oh, my gosh. you know my sisters. My sister smashed the glass and gone. Howard, don't tell mom, But oh you've given me more things to worry about whilst I'm already very worried and so i think that's what i'm getting back at the throwing back in the face not more not in a derogatory like attack kind of way but you realize you're doing it and i think it's so helpful when you just get a genuine apology things like that because already it feels like we're fighting so many battles just to keep that we're already fighting for the black men they don't want to fight for us there's all that to consider as well and then there's the like like the other there's the whole hair of it all like you know white women getting braids and da. Me, if I see a white woman with braids, I don't say anything because your hair's going to fall out and I don't want your hair to fall out. But you didn't listen in the beginning. You didn't listen when I told you not to get it. So I've stopped talking, you know, and then now I've got friends doing up. What do I do with my hair? Shave it. You're bold now. Sorry. Sorry, you're bold now. There was a lovely girl on TikTok who had put a bunch of charms in her hair. She was like, I call this charmed braided hair and everyone went babes. My grandma's got the same hair as you. It's it's been done before. That girl did a fantastic thing that day because within 30 minutes, she refused to take down the video and instead put up a new one saying, I have taken it out. The second I saw a bunch of comments and stuff, it obviously red flags, red signals for me. Researched more into all the terms people were throwing at me. I genuinely didn't know. I'm very sorry. Like genuine apology won't happen again. Thank you. Everyone went, oh, that's lovely. Because I don't feel heavier after that interaction. She felt heavy because she had her guilt. And then she did something with that guilt. Rather than, oh, I'm so sad. I'm crying on the internet because, oh, I've got all these emotions and I don't know what to do with them. Because you know that women are going to see that and then feel some kind of responsible. And I think it's such a sneaky thing you see, especially with like the whole Karens and all of that. Um, I already don't like the term Karens, but I think if we gave it more language, but you know, you know what I'm talking about, like women like that, um, especially in America as well, they they really understand how to weaponize it, but then are forcefully ignorant of what they're doing. Because I th- I feel like as a white ally, you should think to yourself before any interaction that could go south at all. If I, if I had made a mistake, let's go with the example of like my sister smashing a glass and coming to make it my problem. She's my sister, so she can do that, I guess. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't I'd hope not to expect it from someone else, you know, for like mm. random. So let's say a fully grown woman at the bar I work at has smashed her glass of beer, her pint of beer. Don't cry about the spill. Come over to me and let me know. I'm really sorry, I've just smashed a glass. If you know anything about the industry, ask me for some blue roll so you can mop it up whilst I go and get a broom, you know? Because I'll happily help you. You've come to me, I work there. You've come to me, you've let me know, you've smashed the glass. That's technically my responsibility to look after, but don't fully burden me. That was a bad example because it is fully my responsibility. They pay me to do that. However, um, it's more like, let's say you've, you've mucked up with a friend. It's always friendships actually. I've had a lot of friendships where like two white girls, were angry at each other, and I was the mediator. What did I have to do with it? Because it sounds like an A and B conversation, so I should see myself out. But instead, you've inserted me. Instead of coming to me and being like, oh, I just feel like she hates me because X, Y, and Z, and this and that, what am I gonna do with that information? Because if I now go tell her, you could turn around and be like, I told you that in confidence. It doesn't make any sense. Hmm. So the thing to do is for you, with your big emotions, to figure them out for yourself. Try and sort it out yourself first, if you think you can. Give yourself genuinely five extra minutes with it and be brutally honest with yourself about whatever the situation is, anything. I genuinely think any situation, anyone, give yourself five minutes to sit there and think about it. Because Romeo and Juliet would have lived happily ever after if Romeo had just cried over her dead body for three more minutes. And that's something I live my life by.
0: Thank you so much for listening this week if you enjoyed this episode or you would like to appear on one we would absolutely love to hear from you you can email us at admin at or more likely you can dm us on our instagram at news underscore ldn and all of these episodes are available to listen to on every single streaming platform out there or can be found along with our blog our gallery and our hype page on www.newslondon.co.uk have a good week